Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadou. Tonight, I'm here with... Nashika Caesar. And coming up over the next 90 minutes, as the price of fuel for cars keep seeing an increase, the cost of LPG has also seen an increase. Tonight, we ask if the solution for the increase in petroleum prices is working. As some cynics have suggested, what would be the alternative for LPG users who cannot fill their cylinders. And would that alternative not affect Ghana's environment? Also coming up is a day university teachers will decide after a meeting with government on whether or not the strike they embarked on last month should be continued. We'll tell you the state of affairs, which is currently at a closed-door meeting involving lots of stakeholders in that particular subject. And later on Eyewitness News... We must have the pride to acknowledge that we have made positive strides. Yet we must also have we must have the patience to accept that just as our fight for freedom and independence was not achieved in a day, so too national prosperity will not come overnight. Please exercise patience with us. The words of President Akufuado to Ghanaians as the economy takes a hit from multiple issues. Stay with 97.3 CTF of Mon, this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. And in business, the Vehicle and Asset Dealers Association warns of a drop in government's revenue from the importation of used vehicles following the reduction in the benchmark values discounts. That's in some 50 minutes with Netili Neti of the City Business Desk. Eyewitness News is live across the country on a number of affiliate stations, including Adrian Power 100.7 FM in Takwa. In the western region also on greener 95.9 fm in suyani in the bono region ashanti region on alpha radio 104.9 fm in kumasi in the volta region on global 105.1 fm in ho as well as adanu 107.7 fm in adaklu wire in the northern region we are live on diamond 93.7 fm in tamale in the upper west region westlink 88.1 fm in laura is bringing you the broadcast as well as Source FM 100.1 in Boko and Northeast region. We are on SCAP 101.3 FM in Nakwanduri. Let's talk about energy sector, which is something we've been focusing on for the past few days since the new prices of fuel were announced um, by lots of OMCs. Today, the city newsroom has been moving out and about looking at gas filling stations or LPG stations and it turns out that there is a new price list announced which has been posted at these centers. Let me talk to our reporter in the newsroom who has been out and about observing things for himself and what the situation exactly is. Uh, Fred Duho is in the city newsroom. He has been out and about for city newsroom. Fred, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you, Sandra. Now, um, was it, is it the case that there was a press release formally announcing that LPG has the price of LPG has gone up, or this was just um, 
us doing a follow-up at which we found that our customers called us and said that the increase in LPG is affecting them. Tell us how you, you went about doing the story today. Very well. So, in actual fact, there is no press release that I have seen with my eyes. Okay. So, in effect, we saw reports making the rounds that uh, LPG prices has actually increased. But um, we have to follow up uh, to some two stations to at least ascertain situation for ourselves. So uh, I've been to the Audome um, gas station. There is one there. Then there is another one at car price. Um, to our surprise, when we got to Audome, there was this price list that was already displayed on a notice board. So when you get there, um, you would, those who are unable to see the price list, those who are selling would communicate that to them that there is uh, an increment. Did they say that it's a new list that they've posted there? Yes, they, they said it's a new list. They, Taking they, effect when? March? It took effect on the uh, on the 1st of March. So that was um, yesterday? Yes. No, two days ago? Two days ago. I see. So they would draw your attention they to it? They would draw attention to it basically and tell you that in, there is uh, an increment in price. And you see uh, literally the, the shock in the faces of people who ordinarily came there, let's say, with a 6 kg, expecting to fill it uh, at a cost of 40 cities, only to be told that that is going to cost them like 54 Ghana cities. So there was this kind of mixed feeling. People were like, uh, why the increment in um, LPG prices? But so obviously... So walk us through the list, the new price list that you saw. And I'm looking at it as well here. Official new price list, effective March 2. So that's yesterday, 2022. So a kilogram of uh, LPG would go for, I think, nine cities, 80 pesos, is it? Um, that is it. And um, in, in actual fact, uh, the man or the manager who spoke to me said um, the price within a space of two months has increased. This is the third time. Okay. The first one was when uh, a kilo of LPG was, being, was sold for eight Ghana cities. 37 pesos. So that's the previous That figure. is the previous one. For a kilogram. Then, then it moved to 9 cities, 27 pesos. Okay. Then today's rate, which is 9 cities, 80 pesos per kilogram. Okay. Walk through the list. Give us, give us so the list. So the list that was displayed at this particular station, 1 kg is going for 9 cities, 80 pesos. Then um, for 2 kg, you are going to pay 20 Ghana cities for 2 kg cylinder. For 3 kg cylinder, you are paying 30 Ghana cities. For 4 kg, you are paying 39 Ghana cities. And it continues like that. So for, I think the, the most common of the cylinders is the 25 kg. So the, the, the most common one that people were feeling today was like the 6 kg one, which um, used to be somewhere 45, but today it is 59 Ghana cities. So that's a small one that they that put That is the smallest, on. yeah, that small that, one. Okay. So it is now... 59 Ghana cities. Then you move to, let's say, the 20 kg one. A certain man came there today filling the 25 kg for 245 Ghana cities. But he said he filled this same cylinder for 198 Ghana cities. So what's, that the, what's, what's the price ago. for 25 kg? For 25 kg, you are going to fill it at 245 Ghana cities. Do we have 18 kg there? Is also mm, no, from, from 14... 50 kg, you are moving straight to 20 kg. So 20 that kg is what they have on their list. How much is 20 kg going 20 for? 20 kg is going for 196 Ghana cities. Uh, ordinarily, that should have been for 25 kg. Okay, okay, okay. So a difference of that 5 kg 
would be that rough calculation of uh, increment uh, if all things being equal. So give us the one for the 45 Ghana cities, the, the one that is now 59 Ghana cities, which was at 45 Ghana cities. That is the 6 kg. Yes. Um, it used to be 49 Ghana cities. It's now 59 Ghana cities. And then the 20 kg is... The, the 20 kg is now 196 Ghana cities. Did, did they tell you why the, these people who increase it, did they say anything or for them they're just doing business? Well, they are, ordinarily they are just doing business, but when you ask, they are saying that basically if other petroleum products are going up in terms of prices, mm -hmm. it normally translates to um, what they have uh, at the pump as far as the LPG is concerned. You, you spoke to uh, people who come there to buy LPG, didn't you? Exactly. And uh, one quick thing is, at this particular station at car price, they said they are aware of the increment, but they are still holding on for management to decide. Okay. So there are some stations that are yet to actually effect these changes. So this new list came out yesterday, so it will take a few maybe days or some more hours yeah. before the announcement. Let's listen to some of the people we've been speaking to. Thank you so much, Fred Duho of the City uh, Newsroom. Just last week I was here. I bought every week I come to buy. It was 120 at first, and now 130, uh, it became 135, now 142. <laughs> Just today, I'm buying it 142, which is too much. And we, 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 are, we are suffering. So the government must look. What do you it. use the gas for? Uh, for, uh, for coffee. I, I have coffee boys that I uh, water for them and then fill their flasks. Then they go to work. So now that uh, you are incurring more costs in purchasing the gas, are you going to pass the cost to? Uh, consumers in terms of what you produce? No, no, ours is fixed. So you can't add some to it. Mm. Uh, so it goes against us. Um, one cylinder every month, 6 kg. Mm. What do you use it for? Um, it's for my father. He's um, not well. But it's breakfast and meals, really. We understand the price has been increased. Are you aware of that? Um, I wasn't at all until I came here today. And I'm, I'm really, really um, surprised at the increase. It's, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. So you had uh, some uh, customers of LPG at the pumps or the LPG stations in Accra frustrated because of the new uh, announcement. Let's see what the picture in Kumasi is like. Speak to, and let me say that that was Fred Duho speaking to these people at uh, some of the LPG stations in Accra. Let's go to the Ashanti regional capital, Kumasi, and speak to Hafiz Tijani. Uh, Hafiz, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Um, what is the picture there like? So when you go to the various retail outlets, the LPG retail outlets, the prices vary. So uh, for the six kilogram uh, or the six kg, uh, which is sold at sixty cities now at some of the outlets, uh, uh, the increment that has been affected, uh, uh, that has been affected. So others also sell at sixty-two cities, and the same kg when you go to um, other outlets is sold at seventy cities. So. For the prices, consumers also look at where the price is low so that they can go for it. And they choose the outlets based on the price increment or the prices they sell uh, the, uh, the commodity for. But 
the worry for consumers is that not long ago, the prices of the commodity was increased, and now it has been increased again. They say they have no option but to use the um, commodity, and uh, using charcoal for them is not even an option for them. And one more thing is that the taxi drivers who also use uh, the LPG for their vehicles are also complaining bitterly. They say after they deduct whatever they have used to buy the the LPG from their sales, they have nothing left. So the frustration is all over and disappointment. And today, people who are going to these outlets to refill their gas cylinders, they were taken unaware. They uh, had to go there and sometimes even go and then withdraw money from their mobile money wallet to increase or to just to add up to get the commodity because they were not aware of the increment. A lot of people were surprised at the increment, though some of them uh, said they heard it on radio and on TV that the increment was going to take effect today. But many were not aware. Have they told you what the alternative is going to be for them? Well, for many, they have no option because uh, this is what they have used and it's fast for them. Um, unlike using charcoal, sometimes you have to wake up early and go to work. You have to uh, cook. You have to also boil your water for bathing and all that. So for them, using charcoal is not an option. What they are speaking from the government is an intervention that the government should, uh, should intervene and then maybe help them or subsidize these prices for them so that they can continue to use the uh, gas and all that. But for uh, giving up and saying that they are not going to use gas again, it's not an option because they are used to. Thank you so much. Hafiz Tijan is our correspondent in the Ashanti region. LPG Marketers Association shortly to explain to us um, the build-up into this price that we are announcing for you, and that will be after this break. But before we go, if you're driving towards Tema or Ashima or any of those parts in eastern Accra, uh, you would want to abandon or avoid the motorway because we are told uh, Adam Srem is a journalist on the Tema motorway. He's just reporting to us here that there's a terrible traffic on that stretch of the motorway towards um, Tema from the Manet Junction to Abattoir because of an accident. Um, that he's suspecting, he's not really sure, but he says that the traffic there or the gridlock is uh, very unbearable. And so he's advising if you want to go towards Tema or Shaiman, please do use a beach road uh, that's if you can afford and do not go through the Tema motorway. At least the Abatoa Manet Junction area is, is, is not that good for the motoring public. That's just by way of information to you. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We return with an interview with LPG Marketers plus other stories. Don't go away. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. You Welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM coming to you from our studios in Adabraka in Accra around the globe on citynewsroom.com around the country on a number of affiliate stations. Let me bring you a list of stations that you can listen to Eyewitness News on 
In case you are out of Accra, if you are in the Western Region, tune to Adrian Power 100.7 FM in Takwa. If you are in the Bono Region, listen to us on Green FM 95.9 in Sunyani. If you are in the Ashanti Region, Alpha Radio 104.9 in Kumasi brings you this broadcast live. In the Volta Region, Global 105.1 FM in Ho, as well as Adanu 107.7 FM in Adakluwaya. I have these broadcasts for you. In the Northern Region, we are on Diamond 93.7 FM in Tamale, where we'll be going to shortly because we're hearing of a standoff between the MCE for Savalugu or DCE for Savalugu and the taxi drivers there. We'll be telling you what's transpiring as it's being filed into our newsroom here by our partners with Diamond FM. In the Upper West Region, we are on Westlink 88.1 FM in Laura. In the Upper East Region, Source 100.1 FM in Boko brings you this broadcast as well. And in the Northeast Region, we are live on SCAP FM 101.3 in Nakpanduri. The big story tonight is that the price of LPG has gone up, shot up uh, by huge margin. And this uh, list has been publicized at the various uh, LPG stations. We've heard from Fred Duho of the City Newsroom here in Accra. We've also heard uh, from Hafiz Tijani, also of the City Newsroom, but based in the Ashanti Regional Capital, Kumasi. Let's speak now to the people who sell the LPG. Gabriel Kumi is president of LPG Marketers Association. Mr. Kumi, welcome to Eyewitness News. Things are hard already and you've decided to make them harder. Why? Good afternoon, uh, Kumaru. Um, uh, good afternoon or good evening to your listeners. Uh, we, we, we are traders in the product. We buy and sell. So depending on how much you buy it, you add your taxes and you add the small margin that we have and we sell it. So it's the cost price of the product that has gone up. Uh, we have been, we cannot take a decision to increase the price of LPG. But at the end of the day, when you go to buy from the BDCs and the price are, are up, you have no other option than to pass it on to the final consumer. Okay. Do you have a regulator like the NPA does for the OMCs in terms of petrol and diesel that regulate your pricing? Is there a structure to your to your pricing, who controls that? Or is it a, an association thing? Is it a government no, thing? We, or is we, it a local thing? We, we, we are not different from the white products. I mean, RPG is also a petroleum product, which is under the control of the National Petroleum Authority. So MPA also controls us, just as it controls uh, uh, all the other uh, oil marketing companies. Uh, but the point is that we are in a price deregulated market, uh, so there is an extent to which uh, MPA can determine how much we sell the product. But the point is also that we have over 42 LPG marketing companies, which is uh, selling a, a volume of about 28,000 metric tons per month. So the, the sector is, is in very, very, very high competition. So no LPG marketing company can stand up one day and decide that I want to increase my margins or... Uh, to an astronomical level. If you do that, competition will, 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 will kick you out because LPG is a homogeneous product. So once you're dealing with such a product and you are, you have such a such a keen competition, 42 LPG marketing companies competing for such a small volume, there's, there's very little you can do in terms of you trying to increase your margin. And indeed, even some of our members are folding up because they cannot compete because the margins are dwindling as a result of a high cost of uh, operation. I see. We know what the build-up for prices at the fuel stations 
is in terms of what constitutes or what contributes to the amount we pay, which is now uh, seven cities plus um, on a little plus now. Eight cities, twenty. Eight twenty nine pesos. Eight twenty nine pesos. Yes, on a liter of um, petrol or diesel. Um, what are the elements of your own build up? So, if I bought one kilogram of um, LPG, how much is the price that comes to you? How much? How much of that money comes to you? How much goes to the government and uh, the other taxes that have been put on it and so on? The, the, the point is, uh, as I did indicate, LPG is also a petroleum product. So we have a similar price buildup, like the petrols and the diesels. We have the cost of the product, and then we have the government taxes, and then we have the marketer's margin, and then the dealer's margin, which which is put on the product, and then we, we arrive at the final pump price. So it's no different from what you know as pertaining to, to, to the area of diesel and, and petrol. We, we you have the cost, then you have uh, uh, margins and taxes like the special petroleum tax, uh, 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 price stabilization levies, and all those levies that pertains in the petroleum industry. We also pay those levies. Now, levies okay, so a chunk of it goes to the government because you said that is because of an increase. And if this increase is being announced, is it an increase from government side or from maybe Ukraine and Russia? Yes, I think uh, two main factors are accounting for the increase. Uh, let me be frank and say that government taxes has not gone up. Neither has our margins as retailers and dealers, our margins has gone up. But it's the cost of the product. You know, you have to buy the product before you add all these taxes and levies and margins. It's the cost of the product that has gone up. And two main factors are contributing to, 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 to that cost going up. The first is what 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 you just referred to, what is happening in Ukraine and uh, between Ukraine and Russia, that has shot up crude oil price to about uh, one hundred and fourteen, one hundred and fifteen dollars per barrel. And the second factor is that our city is unfortunately not doing too well these days. It's depreciating so fast because you know we need to change cities into dollars to be able to import this product. So once you have these two major factors pointing to the negative direction, you expect that your pump price will eventually go up. What should government do to save our forests? Uh, Omar, we have, I think we've had uh, a lot of chat on this for, for, for some time now. As the RPG marketing companies, for the past three, four, five years, we have been calling on government to, to, to as a matter of urgency, consider removing all taxes for the RPG because we believe that the LPG must be made tax free. Because if you look at our West Africa sub-region, go to La Côte d'Ivoire, they are subsidizing the LPG to the tune of about 30%. They are paying subsidy on the LPG. If you go to Mali, they are paying subsidy. Mali and Burkina Faso come to lift LPG from Ghana, from Ghana. And yet they are able to pay subsidies because of the strategic importance of that product called LPG. Well, the irony of the situation is that in 2018, government set up a target of all the petroleum products we have in this in this country. Government singled out LPG and said that, look, within the next 10 years, we uh, Ghana should double the consumption of LPG. That tells you that there is a need to pay a very, 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 very special attention to LPG. I don't know of any petroleum product in this country that government has a target. And this target didn't come from any agency or any ministry. It came from cabinet. 
the, the, the topmost level, the president and his cabinet said that within the next, by 2030, now LPG penetration level is at 25%. They said that they tasked the Ministry of Energy and MPA to double that by the year 2030. But you know, you can't eat your cake and have it. You can't set such a laudable objective. And at the same time, you see, we sit and watch price going up uncontrollably. LPG is a product with an elastic demand. It's highly price sensitive. Any Pessoa change in the price of LPG goes a long way to affect its consumption. And currently, the consumption of LPG is on the decline in Ghana. So it's impossible for government objective of achieving uh, 50% penetration. And now I'm sure we have even come down from 25% to, to, to maybe about 23 or 22% in terms of penetration because the consumption of the product is going down. As I did indicate, some West African countries and even the whole of Africa, most countries are paying subsidies for, for, for LPG. I don't know of any country that has put as much as almost 20% tax on LPG. Because LPG is the product, it's, it's, it's the fuel of choice now. Our river bodies are drying up. Our forest, Ghana's forest is the fastest depleting in West Africa. Why? Because we are cutting all the wood for firewood and for charcoal. LPG is the only product that can solve that, 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 that issue. Our environment is fast degrading. Rivers are drying up. Forest is depleting. And there's a saying that when the last man, the last tree dies, the last man dies. Are we going to sit down and watch price of LPG go up and up and up to the extent that we can no longer consume LPG? All of us will turn our attention to charcoal and wood fuel and destroy our environment and destroy our nation. Maybe we should just say, God forbid, and I pray that it doesn't get to that. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you very much, my brother. <laughs> so that has to do with the new increase in. Um, Petro the prices of um, LPG and Gabriel Kumida, you are listening to him, he's president of the LPG Marketers Association. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF and we are broadcasting from Adabraka in Accra. Talking about transport fares and the increases in SIM, we are hearing that there was a standoff today between the Municipal Chief Executive for Savlugu in the northern region and taxi drivers there. Um, and this is because we are told the taxi drivers increase uh, the fare and uh, MC would not agree with that. Let's speak to the MC and understand what the situation was. Haji Aisha to Saidu is the MC for Savlugo. Madam, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. What happened uh, between you and your, your drivers? Yes. Uh, actually, today I, I had a, a bit of a problem with uh, my taxi drivers operating between Savlugo and then. Tamale and vice versa. And it all has to do with the tax, the fare, the increase in fares. Uh, as you all know, we had a 15% increase in fares. Unfortunately, uh, they have decided to increase the fares above 30 something percent. And we thought that that wasn't good enough and that uh, we needed to engage them to see the way forward. So okay. I called them to a meeting. And uh, we we had a lengthy some uh, chat on it, and then trying to get build a consensus. Uh, at the point, uh, they said uh, that is the leadership of the GPRC and then the taxi drivers. So they decided that they will go and come back to us. Unfortunately, it's been three days since they left, and uh, we've made frantic efforts to get them come back to the 
drawing table. Unfortunately, we haven't heard to our advice. And uh, the issue is that we, we are not concerned about, about the plight of our people because uh, the taxi fare has been seven cities uh, before the increase of uh, the increase in fare. So it was for them to have taken like eight cities, 0.5 as well. And like you and I know, 0.5 as well is insignificant. So we're telling them to have been taking it at eight cities. There's another route within the same vicinity that is uh, talking about Tabulu to DI, who is even farther than Tamale to Tabulu. And they were on six cities, and they have agreed to charge seven cities ever since the announcement was made. But this is who decided that not they should take ten cities. So this morning, because they have been pressured on us about our people, yesterday was a market day, and if you heard some of the things that people were saying, we needed to work on it. So we decided that fine, like if they are not agreeing to be into this, let's try to bring buses to see if they will come back to work. So that's what we've been doing since morning. So you took buses there to convey the passengers? Yes, please. Buses from where? Uh, we took buses from, uh, assembly had a bus, and then we had a bus from the Tavu Senior High School. So we added the two buses, and then we used it. And Vetco, there's this veterinary carriage that spawned from us. So you had three buses conveying passengers from Savlugu to Tamale and Tamale to Savlugu? Yes, please. Instead of taxis? Instead of taxis, yes. So did you ban them? Or you told them, how, how did, did you ask them to park their cars? What, what was the interaction like? Yeah, this morning, when we, we actually had sent them a letter yesterday. And this morning, when we got there, they were there working. So we told them that we had given the letter telling them that if they were not going to go by the eight cities, then we, we were bringing a bus. And they said, no, if it's not ten cities, then we do. So those who boarded your buses, did they have to pay? Yes, they paid, because we have to buy for how much did they pay? They paid six cities. Oh, you reduced from the seven cities that they were already paying? Yeah, no, the truck trolls are taking, like, uh, we have truck trolls, but it's like they two are charging. But we actually added them to be doing that work for us. Mm. Okay, so the, the people paid six cities. And were people happy joining your buses instead of taxis? Very well, very well, very well. They were happy. But just that uh, the taxis, they moved out, and then they are trying to say that... Uh, We've not been fair to them, but we've, we've engaged them enough for them to understand the issue at this and then go by the 15% increase. But did you sack them or you just came to put your bus by the station and said, well, if you can't afford what the taxis are charging, come and hop onto our bus? Did I do what? I'm you asking. So my question is, did you force them out of the station, the taxi drivers, or you brought your bus, parked it, and told passengers... So what we needed space to operate, we had to ask that they leave the station. But that would not be fair to a private business person. If they are doing business and you do, you thought that what they were charging was not right, you could have parked your bus at the same place and told passengers to choose the one that they thought was best for them instead of driving out taxi drivers. That is hindering their business. They are private people. No, that is not it. Because actually, like, the complaint that we had, when they were there and they were not getting the passengers, and we needed space to operate. So we asked that they pass along the shoulders of the road and let us have the space to work with. And they decided to do. So they've taken their, they, they, did they take their taxis and left, or they, they also remained there were to yeah, get some of them went to Somali and started coming, but they were not getting to the station, you understand? They were leaving the passengers somewhere and going back. Well, I saw a few of them that I even told somebody that 
these are taxis from Tamale. So how come that I was coming to a meeting in Tamale? How come that they are they are, they are, they are working? So no, no, they were not getting close to the, they, they, they weren't getting to the main station, but they were leaving them around the barrier and going back. Okay. Um, how long are you going to continue with this business of yours? Uh, actually, right now, uh, I had to get my minister and then uh, see what he can do for us. So he had engaged the leadership in Germany in a meeting. As I, as I speak with you, they are still in the meeting and they will be coming up very soon. So he's asked that uh, we also do that engagement with them after having met the leadership here. He's also trying to meet them tomorrow to see if he can build the conference. Can you sustain this? Because these buses you mentioned are supposed to be used oh, for other... Well, it's not that easy to do that, but we are hoping that um, in the next two or three days they'll come back. We're told you went there with uh, fire service personnel and uh, police. Did you forcefully evict the taxi drivers? No, it was just to uh, uh, keep uh, the passengers at a uh, distance. So we didn't actually go there to do anything to them. Okay. Because we didn't know what the uh, outcome was going to be like, and uh, we didn't want to take any chances. Mm -hmm. So we went there actually with the like, All right. Would your buses work overnight? Because I'm I'm presupposing that people will be moving from Tamale back to Savlugo even at night. Would your buses work yes, throughout we, the night? We will try to do that. Have you got night bus drivers alongside daytime drivers? You know, in the schools, they, they have uh, drivers. And at the assembly, so we have drivers that are uh, idling for now. So we can use some of them for the evening. All right. So some this... of them were even called back to come and do some other activities in school. Yeah. This your negotiation, you said, is happening tomorrow. Uh, you are positive that the taxi drivers will listen. And um, what is the best figure you can settle on? If they want to go to 10 cities, you're asking them to go to 8 cities. If they tell you tomorrow that they they are willing to go down to nine cities would you would you accept i just want that to look at the percentage the increase the percentage increase because for me i think it's 15 percent all over so for them to go beyond the eight cities it's actually going to be a problem but then we'll see when we'll get there how about another alternative just park one of your buses at the place to run an alternative service um and then let them charge their nine ten cities how about that we, we actually have been looking at those uh, alternatives, actually. Mm. Because, like I told you, there are transfers to the city. So we'll try to see if that one will work out well. All right. For them, but not for them to take the turn today. All right. Thank you for speaking to us, madam. You're welcome, sir. So that is the Municipal Chief Executive for Savulugu uh, in the northern region, Hajia Aisha Tuseidu. Um, she had uh, a standoff of assault with the taxi drivers at Savlugu today who insisted on charging 10 cities uh, for the journey between Savlugu and Tamale. She said no, the appropriate figure should be 8 cities from the 7 cities that passengers used to charge. The taxi drivers would not agree, so the assembly decided to deploy buses to move the people. Now, this is coming as a result of a letter that was written to the Savlugu chairman um, of GPRTU. Um, the GPRTU Northern Regional Secretary um, so Northern Regional Industrial Relations Officer sent a message a letter to all branches of GPRTU on 18th February and it says um, dear, dear Brothers, New Road Transport Fest 2022 
uh, we forward here with the reviewed long distance taxi, truck, truck, cargo, and tipper trucks charges as announced by road transport operators in consultation with the Ministry of Transport for your attention and street compliance. All existing fares have been increased by 30% and it takes effect from Saturday, 19 February 2022. Members are kindly requested to comply with the new facts and post same at their loading terminals. We further entreat members of the union, commuters, and the public to kindly cooperate for the successful implementation of the new fare. We count much on the cooperation of all yours faithfully. Um, signed for the GPRT of TUC, Alhaji Salifu Mashaudu, who is the Regional Industrial Relations Officer of the Ghana Private Road Transport Union of um, Trade Union Congress. Let's speak to Andani Osman. He's a secretary to the Savlugu Tamale Taxi Drivers. Um, Mr. Osman, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Um, we've just spoken there to the municipal chief executive. She has explained to us how you guys were too obstinate and then they've had to deploy buses to save uh, the public because you were becoming too mean or wicked. What is your own story? Uh, okay, first of all, I would like to say good evening to your cherished listeners. Um, <laughs> well, we were all surprised when she came with police and fire service personnel to like evict us from our patient. You see, we told her we don't do the pricing. It is a GPSU that does the calculation and everything. And when they calculated, we were given a price list of, um, I think our previous price was um, around eight cities. And when they did their calculation, they came to about 10 cities. So we decided to go by the pricing that they've given us. And we've been doing that for some time now. And today, she just came with some um, police and then fire personnel, and then they drove us out of our workplace. So the whole of the day we've not been working. When you say drove you out, was that driving a forceful drive, or was just a gentle or humble appeal to you, appeal to, you to move out? Um, well, I, I would call that one a forceful decision because we actually asked to stop loading because first they came and then they were loading um, their buses and then we were also loading. Then finally they just came and said we should move out. And because we don't also want to have in a because she was with the police, we just move out because we don't know what is behind that move. So we just move out. All right. Let's talk about the reason she came to move you out. Um, you were charging seven cities before the new increase, correct? Uh, actually, that is being a bit unfair there. The old pricing was eight cities. She was the same person who forced us. She, 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 she actually negotiated and said we should come back to seven cities for her, for her sake. Then when, 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 when was this? That was the last time um, there was a price increment. It was it went from um, but then I think we we're taking six cities and then it went to around eight cities. Okay, so and at that time you appealed. went to eight cities and she said no. She begs you right. to bring it down to seven. Yeah, she, she begged that we should bring it back to seven. Uh -huh. And then we actually did this for her. And um, so even as we don't even get it why she should pretend as if the Seven cities. When she knows it's eight cities, only we only did the seven cities for her. Yes, but if you agree to use seven cities, your thirty percent had to be calculated on seventy 
persuades uh, or seven seven cities and not eight cities because you agreed you were not forced it was a contract you signed yeah uh, exactly so you see we, we at the time of the decision we told her we don't do prices we are just drivers we don't regulate the prices it's the gprt that does the pricing. so if she wanted that one she should go directly to gprt negotiate it so that then it will go into records that we take seven cities and she said no she just wants to have it with us. So we say, okay, then you let it be noted. It is eight but we are doing this for your sake. So I, 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 I think she's been a bit ingenious when she said this is seven cities. Yeah, but if you have a history, if you have a history of agreeing with her at negotiations, how come this particular negotiation failed? No, she, she never negotiated this time. And that is our problem. Like, she could have sat with us. At least, maybe, but she never sat with anybody. I said, has she written to anybody? Has she called anybody? No, she has done nothing of that sort. She just came today with her Lambo style, and then um, that was it, kicked us out. So, for now, we're out of job. How did you work today? You have a taxi yourself? Yeah, I have a taxi of my own. So what did you do today? Did you have to go and load uh, cassava, perhaps? We, no, we, 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 we are packed, so we don't know what to do now. So no account today? No account. How about tomorrow? What's the plan? Well, we are, still, we, are, we are hoping she will talk to us, but she's bent on taking over our job because she's running some buses and then with the police on the distance would you not accept the eight cities she's proposing? Um, perhaps that would be better than nothing? You see, we are also looking at the current course of run. You see, when between prices goes up that way, it affects all papers and uh, maintenance and all that. So we are even hoping like, we we'll sit down, then we we'll put all this before her. If she but, meets you tomorrow and says she she is willing to go down to nine, in fact, she said that she's not willing to go beyond eight cities, but if she offers you nine cities, would you accept? Yes, nine cities. Have you told your national executives that you are being hounded out of your station by the local politician or the local yeah, president yeah, yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. We, we just reported that one, so we are also waiting on them to... They said they are on it, so we are waiting on them as well. That's why we are just... Let's talk about the percentage increase. The letter that was written to you by the regional secretary, or regional executive, said there's an increase of 30%. That's 3-0. The official announcement at the national level was 15%. How come in the northern region you are charging 30% when it's supposed to be 15% nationwide, according to GPRTU? Uh, you see, like I said, um, we don't do the um, we don't do the calculation. Did you okay? Did it. you did you hear in the news that there was an increase? Yeah, yeah, I, I've also heard about the fifteen percent. So how come this letter to you from the Northern Regional Secretariat had thirty percent, and you guys didn't challenge? You decided to implement a figure you knew was not the right figure. Like I said. Um, we just took what was handed down to us. So if even there was a mistake in calculating that we didn't, like you probably draw our attention, oh, the calculation, this 
and this and this happened. But nobody drew our attention to get him and then picked everybody out. What about a calculation? Even if you were calculating on eight CDs, is 30... No, yeah, if we are calculating on eight CDs, we get around 90 percent thereabouts. And you decided to round it up to the nearest figure. No, we, didn't round, no, we, we have a document here. We, no, I'm looking, I'm looking at your document. I'm looking at your document. So I have town to uh, Tripoli, town to Gamba, uh, Gambayana, uh, Kura, exactly. town to Viti village. But then the one to the one town to Savlugu is the current figure. What you have here is eight cities, and the thirty percent, which is again an unlawful one that you have increased, takes you to. 10 CD, 40 pesos. Are you saying that 30% of 8 CDs is 2 CD, 40 pesos? Like I said, I'm just a driver. We don't do the calculation. It is the regional that do the calculation. So when they did this, we didn't really realize there was a mistake in the calculation, like you said. So I don't just think that was true. We expected like somebody draw our attention or draw their attention. But this Rambo star just can, I think you all have the right to work. Just get up, you are going to work, and then all of a sudden, somebody kicks you out. We just think it's not fair. Hey, well, uh, thank you. Uh, wish you all the best in your negotiations tomorrow. The, the MC tells us that uh, there will be a team that will be meeting you tomorrow. Let's see what, the, what okay, comes well, out of we, that. We, we, we hope they do. Thank you for all speaking right, to all us. The best. Uh, thank uh, you. All the best to Andani Osman, is secretary to the Savlugu Tamale drivers. Uh, today, they could not work because the municipal chief executive came to, according to them, drive them out. She said she asked them to move, of course. So the point is that they were driven out of their own station. Government buses were brought. Passengers were picked and made to pay one CD or two CD lower uh, than the original price and actually four CDs lower than the current price of what taxi drivers intended to charge for which reason the MC thought it was not fair. This is Eyewitness News. If you live in Savlugo, let me know what you make of um, all this back and forth. 0549-986-996. We'll be back. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Yeah, welcome back. Now let's do some more stories. And the Ministry of Roads and Highway has reopened the Apiata portion of the Bogosotu and Yanfuri Highway, which was close to traffic following the explosion at Apiate in the western region. The explosion happened on January 20, 2022, after a truck carrying explosives owned by Maxam Limited collided with a motorcycle resulting in the explosion. 13 persons lost their lives while many others sustained varying degrees of injuries. Speaking to City News after a ceremonial tape cutting to reopen the road, the Deputy Roads and Highway Minister Mavis in Kansabwedu said the road is safe for use. Work is almost completed, about 85% work completed and we are here to open the road to traffic. As you can see, extensive work has been done. There are a few works to be done, the drainage work and the safety signs, but I believe that um, it's in the right um, position if we open the road to traffic. You had Deputy Minister of Roads and Highways, Mavis in Kansabwedu. Away from that, a second district court has directed the prosecutor in the murder of a naval officer, Otre Boatin, to return the 
to return the Attorney General's investigation report for clearer advice. The deceased, who also operated as a driver of ride-hailing up Bolt, was burnt to death on December 24 last year by three senior high school students. The first accused person, Adolf Ishen, who was jointly given a provisional charge of conspiracy to commit murder, with the second and third accused, has been cleared by the Attorney General as innocent of the plans to commit the crime. The presiding judge, Her Worship Rosemary Edith Hayford, said, while the AG director that the second and third be charged with conspiracy to commit murder and murder, the AG's advice was unclear and silent on what should happen to the first accused. She, however, ordered the prosecutor to return the report to the AG for clearer and complete advice in respect to the first accused. Edmond Kwekwapia is a concerned bold driver who came to the court and spoke to City News. I think that we all pray that the law will take its course. And today, from the AG's advice, we are told that the first um, person was, who is Adolf, um, the, the, they were silenced on his case. But with the other two, you know, we are told that they've been charged with murder, which then the next court will come. But we pray that the law will still take its uh, course. And now we pray for the family and everyone that they should take a see that come of it. Overall, what do you have to say about the, the, the pace of the case? Oh, well, it's, 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 it's okay for now because we are thinking that with courts they will do this kind of uh, tomorrow, tomorrow thing. But I think that with every blessed time or the date that is set, you know, there's progress in it. So we all pray that the next stage to be like that of uh, the previous one, so that we all know the, the, the end of it all. Edmund Kwekwapia is a concerned bolt driver. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News brought to you by Vodafone and powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nettie Nete. Let's settle for the details. It's been just two days into the implementation of the revised benchmark values discount policy at the ports and the Vehicle and Asset Dealers Association of Ghana is warning that government's revenue from the importation of used vehicles is likely to drop. Initially, discounts of 50% and 30% were applied on the benchmark values of selected goods and vehicles respectively. But currently, all goods and vehicles imported into the country have benchmark value discounts of 30% and 10% respectively. In an interview with City Business News, the General Secretary of the Association, Clifford Ansu, noted that their members are very unhappy with the revision. Uh, in fact, regarding this particular issue, our members are not taking it lightly at all because when this 30% was taken out, government brought in several taxes. So the problem was not even there. They brought Ghana Health Service tax. They brought National Health Insurance Levy tax in addition. They brought COVID recovery. They brought COVID itself tax. They even increased import duty by 2.5%. And all this compounded our situation at the time. Now, the benchmark value, the 10% 
that is now, uh, let me put it in this way, taken out. It's nothing. It means if you are paying for maybe 20,000 cities and they say you've taken thousand cities out of it, what is that? It's so minimal. They shouldn't even talk about it at all. But our people are so angry, our people are so frustrated and all that. If we are able to import more, or if we are even able to import more, government will get more revenue. But if you are not going to import less, the revenue is going to be reduced. That was the General Secretary of the Vehicle and Assets Dealers Association of Ghana, Clifford Ansu. The Ghana Investments Promotion Center, GIPC, has assured of efforts to double gains from foreign direct investments compared to last year's figures. According to the center, Ghana made between $1.3 billion to $1.4 billion in 2021 and is hoping to up the numbers to $3 billion by the end of 2022. To achieve this, Ghana through the GIPC has been engaging various stakeholders at the Dubai Expo 2020. Addressing journalists on the six-month-long program, which is to end this month, the CEO of GIPC, Yofi Grant, indicated that some global business giants have expressed interest in investing in Ghana. Uh, by the end of year 2021, um, total FDI was somewhere between 1.3 and 1.4 billion. And uh, we, we are validating those figures and then um, that will indicate what we did for that year, uh, for 2021. We are still looking at a target of 3 billion and over for 2022. Um, and so we are ratcheting up our activity um, and meeting specific investors to match them to specific opportunities. And also encouraging Ghanaians um, to invest in the economy. If you had, if you look at the interest profile um, over the years, we've had people, we've had investors come in, and when you look at the, the, the summative of what projects and opportunities they have, they are very often in the high billions. But to execute and and get them ruled out um, sometimes is not as easy as it is. So I can tell you, I'm targeting a certain number um, based on specific opportunities, and uh, this year we are targeting over three billion based on certain opportunities. But who knows what will happen? Nobody expected COVID to happen. And at the time when our economy was showing significant promise at the first quarter of 2020, COVID sadly erupted in 20, in, in March 2020. And severe disruption of the global economy, economy also affected us. Now, COVID is not over. That was the chief executive officer of the Ghana Investments Promotion Center, Yofi Grant. The Ministry of Food and Agriculture says it is ready to compensate all poultry farmers who were affected by the outbreak of bird flu by next week. There have been recurrences of the outbreak of bird flu since July last year, a situation which led to the destruction of over 11,000 birds. In January this year, the ministry announced a 44 million Ghana city compensation for farmers whose livestock were affected by the outbreak by partially covering their losses. In an interview with City Business News Public Relations Officer for the Ministry, Isa Al-Hassan revealed that it has received the full amount from the Finance Ministry for the reimbursement. What I can confidently say and say on authority is that all the necessary and arrangements have been completed. The money has hit the account of the Ministry. And next week, Wednesday, Minister is holding a press conference and together with the, the Director of Veterinary Services, we are giving Ghanaians and poultry farmers all the details, the number of farmers that are going to receive the compensation, the number of beds that have been destroyed as a result of the bed flu, and everybody that deserves to be paid will be paid because the money, I can confidently say, has hit the account of them.
He also indicated that it will be beneficial to help curb the spread of the bird flu if his outfit constantly educates poultry farmers on the disease. If you know the nature of the bird flu, you realize that it can only mitigate its effects but cannot prevent it because it's a viral disease. Now, what we have to do as a ministry and as a directorate of the veterinary services is to continuously engage the farmers and educate them. The issue was to do with the capacity of the veterinary services directly because we need almost 600 or something veterinary and uh, animal production technicians to be able to embark on this education in terms of educating farmers. Isa Al-Hassan is the public relations officer for the Ministry of Food and Agriculture. The Precious Minerals Marketing Company, PMMC, has revealed that Ghana is recording an increase in gold exports this year after a decline in previous years. This, according to the PMMC, can partly be attributed to the reduction in the withholding tax on gold from 3% to 1.5%. The following report has more. As part of the government's efforts to discourage gold smuggling in the country, last year it was announced that effective January 1, 2022, small-scale miners will no more be required to pay 3% withholding tax on gold at the point of export through the Precious Minerals Marketing Company, PMMC. Already, the PMMC says the move is yielding positive results. Although in the past couple of years we saw a decline in export figures partly attributable to the 3% withholding tax on gold, we are happy to observe that export figures have gradually begun to pick up since the beginning of this year, since government's reduction of the withholding tax from 3% to 1.5%. The managing director of PMMC, Nana Akwisiwa, was speaking at the launch of the digitized National Assay Laboratory. The laboratory will ensure that Ghana gets value for money for the export of its gold. The facility will enforce all due diligence protocols that checks the quality and quantity of gold leaving the country. The Minister for Lands and Natural resources, Samuel Abdullahi Jinnapur stated that the move forms part of a greater effort by the government to improve efficiency in the sector. This is not the end. We have already, under the Ghana Land Restoration and Small Scale Mining Project, commenced the processes of upgrading the National Assay Laboratory and have it fitted with a fire assay equipment to enable PMMC undertake fire assaying, which the experts say is the most definitive and most reliable means of assaying gold. And in order to optimize revenue generated from our precious minerals, we are also considering quantifying the silver component of the gold dowry bars to be able to exact the requisite tax on silver. Research and stakeholder engagement on this are still ongoing. On his part, the Vice President, Dr. Mohamed Obamia, indicated that the government was committed to digitizing the mining industry. In 2017, President Nanado Dankwa Kufuado directed that government identifies a way to independently verify gold exports in order to ensure that the country obtains revenue from its precious mineral resources. Uh, We've had a few meetings at the economic management team with the PMMC and other stakeholders in the industry, all in a way to try to achieve this objective that the president has set. That was the vice president, Dr. Mahamudu Baumia, ending that report by Michael Ugbudu.
And that's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News. It was brought to you by Vodafone and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Natalie Nete. Up next is Point Blank. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. It's 26 minutes to 1900 GMT. This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. I am Omaru Sanda Amado. On Point Blank, before I tell you what we are talking about, let me quickly give you some stories that we should have brought you on the main Eyewitness News. One has to do with the negotiation by the University Teachers Association of Ghana. Um, that meeting is still ongoing. The Fair Wages and Salaries Commission, the National Labor Commission, the government through the Employment Ministry, and also the Ministry of Education. Then we have the University Teachers Association of Ghana and, of course, the Finance Ministry. That meeting is still happening. Uh, as of now, it's not over, so we do not know what the state of affairs would be. When we get that, we'll let you know on whether or not um, UTAG has come to a conclusion or a consensus of a sort with government on the strike or whether the strike would continue or resume. So that's on the one side. Meanwhile, talking about the economy generally, President Akuvado is asking Ghanaians to exercise patience as government works to mitigate the plight of Ghanaians in the face of recent harsh economic conditions. And Akufado said, just as the country's forefathers struggled for independence for many years, so will the economic freedom take a while. Speaking at the 2022 Head of State Award in Accra, President Akufado assured Ghanaians to better, of a better day ahead. We must have the pride to acknowledge that we have made positive strides. Yet we must also have the humility to appreciate that we still have some way to go. We must have the patience that just as our fight for freedom and independence was not achieved in a day, so too national prosperity will not come overnight. But we are establishing a solid foundation for the economic takeoff of our country. In peace and in unity, I'm certain that we will build a new Ghanaian civilization which will attract the admiration of Africa and the world. So that's President Nana Adodanko Akufo speaking there. Let's go to our main issue for Point Blank tonight. Apiati, you remember that? That explosion in the western region claimed many lives. The government moved in, set up a committee to investigate and advise. Today, the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources and MP for Damongo, uh, Samuel Abdullahi Jinapo, was in the Chamber of Parliament explaining or giving an account of that situation. He also touched on the fight on Galamsey and then the government's agenda to plant many trees, millions of trees, as well as the illegal harvest and export of rosewood. So let's listen to the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, uh, Samuel Abdullahi Jinapo. On January 20, 2022, a truck transporting some explosive materials, ammonium nitrate and fuel oil, from Magzam Company Limited's explosive plant located at Adia Prime, Tapa in the Western Region, to Chirano Gold Mines Limited sites in the Western North Region, exploded at Apieti in the Pristia Uni Valley Municipality of the Western Region, causing extensive damage to life and property. 
Following the incident, the Minerals Commission, the regulator, conducted its investigations in accordance with the Minerals and Mining Explosives Regulation 2012, LI 2177, and submitted its report to me, the Minister responsible for Lands and Natural Resources. Given the complexity of the matter, I constituted a three-member committee chaired by a highly respected former Chief Executive Officer of the Minerals Commission, Mr. Benjamin Ayi, to carry independent investigations to corroborate or otherwise the findings of the Minerals Commission. On Tuesday, February 1, 2022, I received the report of the three-member committee. Mr. Speaker, the two, the two reports established certain regulatory breaches on the part of MAGSA in the manufacture, storage, and or transportation of explosives. Key among these are, one, failure to ensure that the transportation of explosives was managed by a certified explosive manager, contrary to Regulation 62A of Minerals and Mining Explosives Regulations 2012, LI 2177. Two, failure to ensure that activities that involve explosives are carried out only by competent and certified persons, contrary to Regulation 62B of LI 2177. Three, failure to ensure that the code of safe working practice developed for the transportation of explosives are followed, contrary to Regulation 11.1 of LI 2177. Four, failure to ensure that the transportation of explosives was done under the supervision of a person with the required certificate of competency, contrary to Regulation 15.1a. Five, failure to ensure that the transportation of explosives was carried out by a person with a business license to transport explosives, contrary to Regulation 15.1b of LI 2177. And six, failure to ensure that the explosives being transported are under the direct control of a person who has a certificate of competence contrary to Regulation 1071 of LI-2177. Mr. Speaker, the committee recommended, among others, that Magdam be sanctioned. The committee also made some recommendations to make the transportation of explosives safer. These include the installation of fire suppression system in explosive vehicles, the use of two escort vehicles, one in front and one behind, the use of two police officers, one armed and the other unarmed, the use of sirens to alert, to alert road users and the review of the entire health and safety regime of the mining industry. Mr. Speaker, on the recommendations of the committee, a health and safety committee of inquiry has been established, chaired by the Vice-Chancellor of the foremost university specialized in mining and mining technology, the Park Grant University of Mines and Technology, Professor Richard Amankwa, with members drawn from the Ghana Academy of Arts and Sciences, the Ghana Bar Association, and the mining industry, to review the entire health and safety regime of the mining industry and make recommendations to government for legislative, policy, and other reforms. Mr. Speaker, the committee will be submitting its report to me in the next couple of weeks, and we will implement the necessary recommendations to make our mining industry safer and better. Mr. Speaker, as to the specific issue of the publication of the report, it is the considered view of the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources that it will be more useful to publish the report of the Health and Safety Committee of Inquiry, which has a broader mandate and whose recommendations are geared 
towards reformation of the mining sector in 2019 as a substitute for illegal small-scale mining. It, its aim is to provide members of the community the opportunity to engage in responsible, viable, sustainable, and environmentally sound mining for the benefit of the for the benefit of the community. In 2020, 20 community mining schemes were commissioned in 14 mining districts across the country. In 2021, we revamped the community mining scheme and we have since reformed and clarified the legal and policy framework of the scheme to provide a clear pathway for responsible and sustainable small-scale mining with community ownership. We have therefore, working with the Minerals Commission, developed an operational manual setting standards and guidelines which all community mining schemes must meet and or comply. The overall objective of the operational manual is to ensure that community mining schemes operate in a safe and healthy environment and that their operations are sustainable and environmentally sound. Mr. Speaker, among its requirements, all community mining schemes must have a general office, a mini clinic or first aid posts, washrooms, changing rooms, storage facilities for hazardous materials, portable water storage facility, and all processing area with a mercury-free all processing equipment. The Ministry, through the Minerals Commission, is investing in a mercury-free all processing equipment known as the gold catcher. Already, we have procured hundreds of these equipment which we are giving to community mining schemes across the country. Mr. Speaker, since revamping the scheme in 2021, nine community mining schemes with a total of 33 concessions have been commissioned in Mampehia, Kwabre Luba, and Tapa in the Western region, Edukro, Jakubu, Tepa, Tokwan, and Konsu in the Ashanti region and Achim Abam in the Eastern region. These nine schemes are expected to create about 46,300 direct and indirect jobs. Our commitment is to commission 50 well-managed community mining schemes by the end of this year. We will, however, insist that all the minimum requirements set out in the operational manual before commissioning. As part of measures to effectively manage these schemes, we have in accordance with section 92 of the Minerals and Mining Act 206 at 703 began inaugurating small-scale mining committees in the various mining in the various mining districts of our country to assist the Minerals Commission in the monitoring, promotion, and development of responsible and sustainable small-scale mining operations. Mr. Speaker, the instruction of the President of the Republic, His Excellency Nana Adudankwa Kufuado, is for us to ensure that community mining schemes become the model of small-scale mining, not only in our country, but also across the continent, and we are determined to do just that. The issue of rosewood is very important to the government of President Nana Adedankwa Kufuado. Soon after taking office and realizing the unsustainable nature of the industry, coupled with the need to preserve our forest cover, the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources placed an outright ban on the harvesting and exporting of rosewood in February 2017. Mr. Speaker, from January 7, 2017 to January 7, 2021, 
a total of 15 people were arrested and prosecuted for engaging in illegal harvesting of rosewood. The number is made up of eight people arrested in Laura in the Upper West Region, two people arrested in Navrango in the Upper East Region, two people arrested in Bole and Pupe in the Savannah Region, two people arrested in Nkwanta and Jasekine in the Uti Region, and one person arrested in Tamale in the Northern Region. All 15 people were prosecuted and those convicted were meted out with various punishments ranging from fines to terms of imprisonment. Mr. Speaker, between that same period, a total of 576 vehicles carrying rosewood were impounded. Most of these vehicles were transporting the rosewood to Accra for possible shipment out of the country. The owners of these trucks never show up when the vehicles are impounded. The vehicles are usually detained for over four months and if no one shows up, the drivers are made to pay fines, ranging from 2,000 Ghana cities to 5,000 Ghana cities, depending on the volume of wood on the truck. The wood is then confiscated to the states, sold at public auctions, and the vehicles released to the drivers. Let me, however, add, Mr. Speaker, that since we realize that the cartels who own these woods found ways of participating in the auction to buy and export them, we have ceased auctioning confiscated rosewood. All rosewood confiscated will be donated to the National Cathedral. In addition to these measures, to serve as further deterrent to drivers and vehicle owners who allow their vehicles to be used for the illegal business, we have commenced discussions with the Office of the Attorney General for the possible prosecution of drivers and vehicle owners and the confiscation of vehicles to the state. Mr. Speaker, may I point out that under Section 17.2 of the Timber Resources Management Act 1997, Act 5.7, a person who operates a vehicle to transport illegally harvested timber commits an offence. However, the idea over the years was to use the drivers to get the main culprits behind the business. This is why the vehicles are impounded while investigations are done to find the main culprits. But as I've said, Mr. Speaker, since this approach is not yielding results, we are engaging the Office of the Attorney General for the possible prosecution of drivers going forward. Mr. Speaker, let me, if respectfully I have not done so enough, that our government will continue to manage the natural resources of our country, particularly as it relates to rosewood, in a manner which is in accord with the highest standards of transparency, integrity, and candor. The strategy, Mr. Speaker, really, as much as possible, we want this tree planting exercise to be owned by the population. And so, in, in the best of worlds, we should not take a penny from the public exchequer. That is the idea. Now, Mr. Speaker, the point the Chief would make is a very important point. So, what we are trying to do this year is that corporate Ghana, for example, can take up compartments so they can say that in uh, Afro region there is a degraded compartment, two or three of them. I won't mention any corporate Ghana's name, any company's name. But a company says, we are taking these three compartments and we are going to go about planting, but the, uh, the Forestry Commission will provide the technical support and the rest, but they will procure the seedlings 
plant the seedlings, ensure that the seedlings mature. And it will go into their corporate books and their corporate social responsibility of their contribution towards the safeguarding of the environment of our country. And as I said at the launch of the 2022 Green Ghana Edition, we are even going to consider the concept of carbon credits in this 2022 Green Ghana, so that if a company's operation inevitably will have them uh, flare out a lot of carbon dioxide, they, they will leave the Forest Commission, take up 2022 Green Ghana, and plant as much seedlings which will offset the flaring up of their carbon, uh, the flaring up of the carbon, so it will balance out. I mean, the concept of net zero effect has become a very fashionable concept today in the climate uh, change world. And so we are looking at all of those options. But as much as possible, we want to take up the mobilization in such a way that we don't burden the public exchequer. In the coming days and weeks, Mr. Speaker, the House will find that I will be meeting the telcos, I'll be meeting the oil companies, I'll be meeting the mining companies, I'll be meeting the religious leaders, I'll be meeting leadership of parliament, I'll be meeting the security agencies, and several other stakeholders whom we believe, if they cooperated with us, we can mobilize the Ghanaian people to come out there and make the 2022 Green Ghana edition. Mr. Speaker, in conclusion, today in APT, we are raising the money to build the community by ourselves. Today, I can comfortably and confidently say that we are almost at a point where we'll be able to raise sufficient funding to build the community from scratch. I believe that that's an example where in the Green Ghana we should be also be able to raise our resources to uh, complete Green Ghana. From 1900, at the beginning of the 20th century till date, we have lost over 8 million hectares of our forest cover. Regrettably, Mr. Speaker, over the years, our efforts at restoring the lost forest cover of our country have not been aggressive enough. Between 1963 and 1987, for instance, only 19,300 hectares of forest was cultivated. And from 2002 to 2016, an area of 138,000 hectares of forest was cultivated, making a total of 157,000 300 hectares of forest cultivated between 1963 and 2016, a whooping period of 53 years. Mr. Speaker, since 2017, the government of President Akufuadu has committed to an aggressive afforestation and reforestation program to restore our lost forest cover. As a result, between 2017 and the end of the third quarter of 2021, a total of 477,000 485.5 hectares of forest have been cultivated under the Ghana Forest Plantation Strategy through various programs undertaken by government, the private sector, and civil society organizations. Now, Mr. Speaker, to the substantive question. Between 2017 and the third quarter of 2021, a total of 67,366,384 seedlings were procured by the Forestry Commission for planting within degraded forests. The seedlings were planted under two major government programs. One, modified Tonga system. Two, the youth in afforestation and reforestation program. The annual breakdown of seedlings procured is as follows. 2017, 7,138,553. 2018, 
2019, 4,086,537. 
the, the ministry and the government learned from the 2021 uh, Green Ghana Day experience suggests that if we put our hearts together and we mobilize together, we will be able to do it ourselves and, and we will do it across political lines, across sectorial lines, and we mobilize ourselves to restore the forest cover of our country. Because after all, we do so for the survival of our country. Mr. Speaker, so we take the majority leader's uh, proposal in good faith. We will look at it on our majority leader, uh, except to say that the 8 million hectares, because of land use, we may not be able to uh, uh, recover or uh, restore the entire 8 million hectares, because a lot of building is taking place, development, and so on and so forth. But, Mr. Speaker, we are determined to work for this country, and we'll continue to do so. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Honourable members, once the question came from the majority majority leader, it means we have foreclosed that particular we have foreclosed that particular question. We move to question we move to question number five three seven. Question number five three seven, and that's now. Thank you for the for the opportunity. Apologies, we have to cut it there because that's all we have for you. You of point blank on eyewitness news. You're listening to the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, Samuel Abdullah Jinapo, make a statement on a number of issues on the floor today. My name is Umaru Sanda Amadu, production by Sixtus Dongulu and Beverly London. The technical support came through from Daniel Squashi. We return tomorrow at 17.30 GMT. Thank you for listening. Good night. City News, we speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-976-732 and get interactive on Facebook, City 97.3 FM and Twitter at City 973.